We're in the last heart of the book of James, and we just began it last time. And just for, for time's sake, we'll, we'll just read one verse of our, of our text, because that's all we're going to cover. And we'll dig right into it. James 5, and verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Amen. Interesting. Let's look at our outline real quick. Let's go to the outline. Talking about the power and privilege of prayer, these last seven or so verses, James finishes up the power and privilege of prayer. In our outline, very simply, we'll cover this the next couple of months. There is prayer for the suffering, prayer for the suffering. Then there's prayer for the sick, prayer for the nation, then prayer for the strange. Now, last week we began with verse 13, and we got the first part of verse 13, and we talked about he should pray. If anyone's in trouble, he should pray. And um, we pretty much just recognize that verse 13 begins by telling the individual Christian, if you're facing trouble, you should pray. Before you call the prayer line, before you, you should pray. Ask God to give you the grace to go through it. Ask God to move that mountain. Ask God to give you wisdom for your decisions. But you should pray and, and seek God again. And we said, the fact is, if, if we're to, we, we broaden our thought and said, not only pray when we're in trouble, you know, the Bible teaches us as believers that we should be faithful and devoted in prayer. That if we're going to be effective when trouble comes, it really does help to have a prayer life to begin with. Amen? And if we study the rest of the Bible, we see that we read a bunch of scriptures where Paul said, be faithful in prayer. Don't just pray when it's 911. Amen? Don't just pray when there's trouble, but commune with God. Have a relationship with God. It's a terrible thing when people only want you when they can get something, when they need something. Amen? It's terrible when they feel like otherwise they don't give you the time of day. And so God says, commune with me. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Come boldly before that throne of grace and receive the help you need. But the Bible teaches us that we should be faithful and devoted in prayer. That as Christians, we should develop a prayer life. And then when trouble comes, we'll have some faith. Amen? When trouble comes, we'll have acquainted ourselves with his voice. When trouble comes, we'll know how to press through and get an answer from God. So number one, James begins, and that's what we covered last time. Very simply, verse 13a, personal prayer in times of trouble. Personal prayer in times of trouble. Again, now the second part of 13 is personal praise in time of victory personal praise. And look at what it says here, because I think sometimes people, we, we believe the Bible, amen? And if the Bible is God's word, do we agree with that? Am I in the right church? Okay. So if God says to do something, we should okay. just check it. I want to make sure I'm in the right place. Let him, is anyone happy? Anybody happy? All right. Let him sing songs of praise. How's your praise life? Last week we asked you, how's your prayer life? How's your praise life? Now what we have to understand, the Bible tells us. The Bible, we just read it, right? We read the Bible. Did you read it from your Bible? The Bible tells us, sing songs of praise. You see, it, it, it's biblical. It's not just traditional. It's not just traditional. It's not just something we do to, to you know, to, to take up some time till the preacher comes and gives us some word. The Bible tells us, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. 
James indicates that, you know, let's face it, everyone doesn't go through trouble at the same time. Sometimes you're doing real good and your neighbor's going through the battle and life is like that. There's ups and downs, amen? Verse 13b, life has both ups and downs. And of course, now we know the mature Christian knows how to sing even when he's going through trouble. Not just when he's happy, all right? But James is dealing with the babies and the young Christians. And he's saying that's why he taught them, number one, you got to learn to pray. All right? He's teaching children. These are young Christians. And secondly, you got to learn to sing. So start off singing when you're happy. Because if you can't sing when you're happy, you're not going to sing in the midnight hour. i got news for you. Amen? It's just not you. have got to get real there. But we know that the mature Christian knows how to sing even when he's going through trouble. Suffering can't steal a song. Don't lose your song. Don't let that devil steal your song. I mean, anybody can sing after song, amen? I remember so many years, uh, anyone can, after the storm, I remember years and years ago, David Wilkerson used to send out a newsletter for, it seemed like, forever. And it had to be 30 years ago. Remember, read one, and the title was, The Right Song on the Wrong Side. And he talked about Miriam leading the women in their tambourine, um, Pentecostal jitter um, dance and praising the Lord after the Red Sea. He said, right song on the wrong side. He said, hey, faith needs to praise them before the Red Sea opens. Amen? But, you know, James knew he was dealing with children. He couldn't get to that point where you've got to build up the children. Amen? You, first they've got to crawl, and then they've got to walk, and then they've got to run. You know, and then, then they can learn to climb and do some other things. And so James dealing with the children here. And we find out, of the, you know, as mature Christians, because we're beyond, most of us here should be beyond the audience that James is dealing with. We found out God is able to give us songs in the night, didn't he? We read that in Job. Amen. He went through it. A lot of you have gone through it. Life hasn't been easy to everyone. We've gone through some things, but God can still give you songs in the night, can he? He can give you a prayer. You can praise him through the tears at times. You can, don't have to understand him to praise him and to love him. We found out that Paul and Silas sang in their suffering, and we all remember that story. I mean, if anyone had a right to get bitter, I mean, he's in jail getting beat up because he obeyed the Lord and preached the gospel. He set someone free, and he didn't get his face on Charisma magazine. He got thrown in jail and beat up. Nowadays, they would have sold his book. He wrote a book on how I set the, the girl free. Back then, they gave him a book, they threw the book at him. Amen? They said, in the jail, you go. You know that if you make a study of it, you're careful. Sometimes we, we read too quick. Do you know that before Jesus went to Gethsemane, they sang a hymn? You read it in Matthew 26. Right after communion, they sang a hymn, and they went to Gethsemane. place of crushing, leading to the place of Calvary. And he sang as they went. That's mature praise right there, amen? And for most of us, that's what we should be shooting for. Because again, we're not, we're not the spiritual children that James is dealing with. But let's just get back. Both singing and praying were important elements in the worship of the early church. And they should be important to us too, amen? Both praying and praising. Both praying and singing. In fact, you know, David, Jeremiah, and I, I just, he's, a, he's a good Baptist brother, Amen? And I say that because he's not a crazy charismatic. He's not. Listen to what he says about commenting on 13b. In other words, praising God is viewed in the same measure of seriousness as praying to God. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes we poo-poo singing as if, you know, that's just kind of emotional and the women do it. And you just... A lot of times we have, we have natural insecurities and natural self-consciousness. 
of the natural man that can sometimes quench what the Lord would like to do through us by the Spirit. Amen? Have you ever witnessed anyone? Sometimes they're a little nervous at first. And sometimes a little, sometimes, you know, you have something, you have to step out of obedience, don't you? Because you know it's the Word of God. And sometimes there's a natural insecurity and there's a natural timidity in certain things. But if we can break through those things, what a release, what a blessing comes into our life. But let's look at this. Brother um, Jeremiah goes on. The word praise is found 550 times in the Bible. The word sing, the word we got here, sing, describes singing usually accompanied by a harp or a stringed instrument and our, with a guitar. So he says, sing and make music. Praising God in song is a form of prayer, he goes on to say. And Paul links this, and we'll look at this later. Paul links this with the fullness of the Spirit. Later on, we'll look at Ephesians 5. And one of the verbal expressions of being full of the Spirit is praising the Lord, singing songs unto God. Um, we, we said the early church was a singing church. Remember last week we said, um, William Barclay looked at this text of verses, and he said this group of verses give us a beautiful picture of some of the chief characteristics of the early church. Because early church was a praying church, a singing church, and a healing church. Because the next line is, anyone sick among you, call the elders of the church. And so we find out something. The early church was a singing church. Amen? The early church was a praying church. Early church was a healing church. My Lord, where are we gone? But anyway, um, he, he writes, he writes this, the early church was a singing church. Early church, the Church of God has always been, been a singing church. And he writes about Pliny. He was governor in the Roman Empire. And he was writing to one of the Roman emperors in A.D. 111. So that's going back quite a time, amen? The beginning of the church age, A.D. 111, to tell of this new sect of Christians. He said, he heard that it was their habit of meeting on certain fixed days before light. And when they did, they would sing an alternate verse of hymns to Christ as God early church, they'd get up, they'd gather together and sing about the deity of Jesus Christ. They'd sing one to another, they'd sing praises. He, he goes on to write this, William Barclay, that Greek scholar, but he's a great historian, he, he writes, the Orthodox Jewish synagogue, since the fall of Jerusalem, 70 AD, there's been no music. For when they worship, they remember a tragedy. But for the Christian church, from the beginning until now, there's been the music of praise for the Christian. He is risen. Christian remembers his infinite love. The Christian enjoys the present glory of knowing Christ. By his instruction in this verse, James reminds us that we have a God for all seasons, don't we? When you're in trouble, we can pray to him. When you're happy, we can sing to him. What a God we serve. Amen. Both periods, suffering and trouble, joy, there's prayer and there's praise as we acknowledge the sufficiency of the Lord. All right, digging in now. Our singing ought to be, our singing ought to be an expression of our inner spiritual life from the abundance of the heart. And the mouth should sing. The Spirit expresses itself through song, through praise, through recognition. Let's look at this together. Christians' praise should be both with an understanding mind and an anointed spirit. If you would, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. 
Paul says, what should I do? He's talking about praying in tongues and praying in the natural thing. What should I do? Well, listen, when the appropriate time is right, I can go, I can pray with my spirit, but I can also pray with my mind or my understanding. And you know what? Listen, I will sing. Here's that word sing again. People get uncomfortable. It's in the book. Amen? You should hear the excuses people get for not singing in God's house. But God says to sing. I just gave you the second witness. Amen. I will sing with my spirit. I'll sing with my mind. I'll sing in the understanding. And I'll sing in the spirit. Oh, there's something interesting. You know, the ability to sing in tongues. Singing in the spirit is a wonderful way to praise the Lord and express your love and your adoration. It, takes, it gives us a deeper expression and release of our love and praise to God. You know, in the same way, we like to pray in tongues. Because sometimes we get burned, we pray in the Spirit, amen? And, 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 and there is, there's a greater depth in that. There's a greater uh, connection in that. There's a flow of the Holy Spirit in that, amen? The same way when we sing unto the Lord. I encourage you, if you've never sung in the Spirit, practice singing in the Spirit. I mean, hey, yeah, when you love someone, you really like to express that love. And one of the greatest ways we can express that love is just let the spirit flow and let the uh, praises flow. Amen? So Paul says, number one, you know, a Christian praise should be both with our understanding mind, of course, but also with an anointed spirit. We pray in the spirit. We sing in the spirit. And Lord, take us to deeper depths of intimacy, of praise, and of worship. Amen? And that's why we say sometimes the natural... Um, Self-consciousness, natural fear of man, natural timidities, quench the spirit. Bible says don't quench the spirit, amen? Sometimes our own insecurities quench the spirit. Instead of releasing it and letting it flow and let that river of life flow, amen? To give God praise, to give God glory. We're awful. We're also so conscious. And we wind up quenching. We keep ourselves from greater depths and dimensions in the things of God. Secondly, um, a Christian's praise should be motivated by the Spirit and come from the heart. Look at Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. And this is the verbal side. The verbal side of being filled. The nonverbal side would be walking in character, our conduct, etc. Right? That's, the, that's the nonverbal side. You know someone's filled. And the word filled means under the influence of the Spirit. And you know, the cop pulls the person over, D, w, D, what is it, DUI, driving under the influence. When you're filled with something, you're under the influence of something. That's why the word here says, be filled again and again and again. You've got to be filled repeatedly, but I don't know about you, but we leak. You might not know that. That's why he acted ugly the other day, and you know he's saved. He leaked, amen? And he's get a fresh filling and get some Holy Ghost duct tape and fill it, get that crack done so it stops leaking. Isn't that right? Well, you mean, what do you mean? I can, I got to have a crack? Sure, that unforgiveness, you'll be leaking with unforgiveness. Amen? You, 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 you yelled at the neighbor and God's saying, go make things right. And until you do, you're going to have a, a crack in your pot and you're, you're going you're gonna to know it all but have nothing really in there because it leaks. Anybody with me? I'm making sense. You're filled with the Holy Ghost, not a one-time thing. It's a lifetime. Fresh fillings. Amen? And the more we stay filled, the more we can live under that influence. 
And I don't want to live under the Spirit's influence. I don't want to be under the old Joe influence. Amen? I'm trying to forget him. Amen? I'm trying to keep him in his coffin. Yeah. But Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, foolishness, shamefulness, wicked living. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, just like alcohol. Person come under the influence of alcohol and play the fool. Play the fool. Amen? Well, he says, you know what? You can come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you can come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And when you do, we know that certain things that will show up as our conduct. When you're under the Holy Ghost, you can live holy, and you're going to live proper for the Lord, right? Your character and your conduct. But here's the verbal expressions. You're going to speak to one another. Wow. Your talk, your communication changes when you're full of the Spirit. It's hard to gossip and speak ugly about your brother or sister when you stay full of the Spirit. I didn't say you weren't filled 30 years ago. I'm just saying you're not filled if you're talking behind someone's back. You cracked, you leaked, you need to get, I'm going to say amen. I'm just checking that you're all with me. Oh, you're right. Oh, we come on. A little common sense will help when you study your Bible. Speak to one another. Psalms, hymns, spirit. And then sing. It should affect our, our communication with one another, affect our communication with God. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus said, the Spirit glorifies me. The Spirit glorifies Jesus. Amen? If you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's something in you that wants to glorify Jesus and bless Jesus and honor Jesus and exalt Jesus. Speak to one another, but then it says, now sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, to the Lord. The expression, the expression. Hallelujah. Singing. Again, we're, we're going to sing unto God. We're going to sing unto God. Number three, a Christian's praise and singing should be based on the word of God. Terrible to sing a lie. Terrible to sing false doctrine. If you would, Colossians 3 and 16. Hallelujah. I love to sing. I might not be able to do it too well, but I love to do it. Amen. <laughs> you know, Amen. God's got sparrows and got a few crows too. I got something to crow about. Hey, hey, amen. You got some people they can sing. It's beautiful to listen to. You got some of us. That's all right. God didn't bless us all the same way, but I'm using what I got to praise the Lord. And now, when I grew up, you see, when I, when I grew up, we didn't have children's church. My church never had it until I was too old to go in it. So we sat. Then no one was time conscious. They weren't some dimwit telling you how to grow a church. Have it thirty minutes in and out. No, no, they had church. When you're Pentecostal, I don't know what you grew up in. When you're Pentecostal, they were not ashamed of long services on hard wooden benches. Good to God we had some of these things. Amen. I'm telling you. Hard benches. And you know, oh, Lord. And so I love the singing part. Because for the most part, preaching over my head as a kid, you know, I'd be reading my Sunday school literature that I got from Sunday school. But the singing part, now that I could do. Amen. That, I, that was fun. I mean, I just let it rip. Man. Sometimes my, my cousin, I had a girl cousin, she always getting me in trouble. She see somehow we do reading the hymn book or something, and she'd give me the wrong line with all my heart. I'm, you know. Remember, it was a victory in Jesus. He sought me and bought me. Jojo, he bopped me and socked me. He bopped me and socked me. Oh, man. We love singing. Isn't it right? Well, Pentecostals, we love to sing and praise the Lord. But if we're going to sing and praise the Lord, let's do so accurately and biblically with some proper doctrine. Amen? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and you sing. And we don't have time to look up all these different words and what they mean. Well, there's different types of song and different types of praise. It's really exciting, but sing psalms, sing hymns, even spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Amen? The, the, the basic part of a typical service should be rejoicing in celebration and thanksgiving in praise. And nothing worse than going into a service and you think it went into your, the Hopewell funeral parlor. In fact, I said, I've been in churches, some of our funerals have more life than some churches I've been in. I mean, it's just, you know, because it's, not, it's nothing to mourn about. He's alive. I got news for you. He's alive. He kicked the end out of the tomb. Amen. Heaven's our home. It should be rejoicing and praise. And if I was to take you to study that word praise, especially in the Old Testament, you'd be amazed at what that word means in the Hebrew. Because sometimes it means David just flat out twirled. I mean, he just... He just Rejoice in the Lord, because he was happy in God. Amen? Amen. Here it is. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in our hearts to God. Let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little farther here. Let's do some other verses, if you would. How about Psalm 103? Let's look at verses 102. And 102, most of us should know this, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul. In all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, all my soul. Now, let's, let's look at this for a bit. Notice how it starts. Bless the Lord, all my soul. The psalmist is exhorting himself to praise the Lord. If you're going to sing, guess what? You're going to have to make yourself sing. God's not going to take down his hand and wiggle your tongue. You're going to sing. You've got to say, self, I'm going to sing and praise the Lord. Amen. He is worthy. It's biblical. I'm going to sing to the Lord and give him praise. Because God commands it. And God delights in it. Isn't that right? Isn't it wonderful that we can do something that bless the heart of God? You know, after a while, you know some of you, you, you we've been buying for, if your parents are still alive, we've been buying gifts for our parents now for what? All these years, right? How many years have been married? 35 years. You're buying presents, right? You got a birthday. You got a Christmas. You got a mother, father. I mean, after all, what do you get them? How many times can I get them the same shirt? You know what I started to do? I started to get them the shirts I liked. Because I know they always give them back to me like six months later. <laughs> they have this shirt in the clean. No, I don't use this. You like this? Oh, I love it, Dad. Here you go. Thank you. I got smart after all. I'm going to get something I like to wear, you know? But, but, you know, sometimes, what do you give a person that has everything? That's the whole point. Amen. I remember my grandpa, what do you want, grandpa? I don't need anything. If I want it, I just go buy it. I don't need anything. You know, that's how he was. But here's something beautiful. What? Bless the Lord, know my soul. So number one, notice this about singing. Actually, notice it about praying. Notice about praise in general. You've got to do it. And you've got to stir yourself up to do it. I have to make myself do it. Amen? You're here tonight because you made yourself come tonight. Isn't that right? angel didn't make you come. No one came and twisted your arm to come. You guys, I want to go to God's house. When it comes time to praise the Lord, I want to praise the Lord. Now see, we've studied and we saw how it's biblical. Always, we want, always want to find out if it's biblical. We're just not going to do something because it's a fad. We're not just going to do something because, you know, someone says, but when it's in the Bible, amen, and we're clear about it, well, then I want to obey it. So I'm going to make up my mind and praise the Lord. Joe, you're going to praise the Lord. Feel like it or not, you're going to praise the Lord. Amen? He's worthy. You're going to praise the Lord. God's been so good to you. You're going to praise the Lord. Amen? 
So you notice how Psalm 103 starts. The psalmist exhorts himself, pray. It begins with me. Then it says, bless the Lord. And that's what I was kind of getting at. Delight God's heart by expressing love and gratitude for all he is and all he does. And then, bless the Lord. Bless the, you and I can bless the Lord. Isn't that awesome? We can bless the Lord. Little puny me. I, you know, it's, I don't want to laugh. You know, one of the songs that will give me a little tear in my eye around Christmas season is a little drummer boy. Right? I have no gift to bring to the king. And I've heard that one time. I'll tell you, the spirit hits me in the funniest times. I start weeping. Like all of us, what do I got to give him? This great God. I'm so full of my flaws and my human frailties. But the Bible says my, my praise and my sincere worship and my song blesses him. Isn't that awesome? Do you understand what a privilege that is? To sing unto the Lord? Why sing? I don't know. God, God ordained all this. I, I'm beyond, way beyond my, my pay scale, that's for sure. But I can, I start with myself. I bless the Lord. I can delight God's heart by expressing love and gratitude for all he is and all he does. And I love this part in all that is within me. And again, here's, here's, this is Dr. Boyce, okay? I mean, he's with the Lord now, Dr. Boyce. But again, this brother was a Presbyterian. Amen? So again, I'm not talking about crazy charismatics. And, and look, look what Dr. Boyce tells us. David is rousing himself up to remember God's benefits. But remember how the psalm goes, right? And forget not all his benefits. He forgives me and he heals me and he crowns me. And he, okay, here it is. David is rousing himself up to remember God's benefits. And he does not want to do it superficially. Presbyterian right in that. I, I, I don't want to give God hollow praise. I don't want to be guilty of just going through the motions. He, he's worth more than that. He, he's worth my sincere heart. I mean, he's worth, you know, right? You remember, remember that Italian prophet Malachi? I mean, it's Malachi. I mean, Malachi. <laughs> And didn't Malachi say to them, why don't, you take that, why don't you take that lame animal to your governor? They were bringing God lame offerings. He said, you wouldn't bring it to your boss, but you'd bring it to God. And sometimes I got to say to myself, hey, you wouldn't give a shoddy effort to a human. Why would you want to give it to God? Let's give him our best. Let's give him our sincere offering. When we sing, let's sing. He hasn't gifted everybody with the same voice, but whatever you got, praise him with it. Express your love. Express your love. And then again, bless his holy name. His perfections, his acts, his benefits. Go through what Psalm 95, Psalm 95. Hallelujah. We're just walking through this together because we're going to sing. We find out if I'm going to sing, guess what? I've got to sing. Amen? I've got to sing. And if I'm going to sing, I should do it with sincerity. Amen? With proper effort. Come, let us sing for joy, for joy, and you'll see joy. Typically, we'll just keep it real, real basic. Praise and worship, celebration and adoration, celebration and adoration. Praise is typically thanksgiving and honor and rejoicing, but then worship, kiss, kiss the hand, bowing low, reverence and humbling yourself. That's what typically is praise and worship, right? And oftentimes it begins with more celebration and thanksgiving and rejoicing and exalting the Lord. That's praise. But then worship. Typically there's more of a quiet time. We're humbling our hearts. 
we're drawing near in the spirit, laying at his feet. Amen. Giving him honor and adoration, the awe of the holy, holy God. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout loud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Let's extol him with music and song. It's all Bible, isn't it? What does it say here? What else we got? It's a call to joyful worship. Joyful worship. Enthusiastic, whether it's, it's personal and you're by yourself or corporately with the congregation. Again, uh, Dr. Boyce, he goes on to write, singing expresses human thought emotionally. Singing expresses human thought emotionally. That's why sometimes a song can meet you in a way that if you just read a paragraph, it didn't do the same thing. You see, but we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. There's, there's a mind, of course, but there's also, we're, made, we're emotional creatures, and God knows that. Music, singing expresses human thought emotionally. And you note Psalm 95, look at the forms that we can enjoy. Singing, shouting, music. The singing is, the shouting, I should say, the imagery is when the king would come. They're shouting to the king. Glory to the king. Long live the king. There's that reverence and homage and salt to the king. See, and, and that's the shouting he's talking about, not just the but they're singing, they're shouting, um, music. That's beautiful. You play your instrument, play for the glory of God. Amen? Pray, play that instrument for the glory of God. They're singing that is expressed in outbursts of joy, expressing our love and loyalty to the Lord. Our love and loyalty to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go on, Psalm 100. Psalm 100, you can flip right over. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, God says sing. God says sing. The Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Oh, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. His faithfulness to all generations. So here we go. Here's another one. Psalm 100. Sing to show our appreciation to God. He's saying shout, rejoice, serve, serve worship the Lord gladness. Come before him as you would in a formal setting. Come before him and enter with thanksgiving and praise. Let's look at Psalm 105, Psalm 105. I'll just keep you walking through that. Psalm 105, 1 and 2. The Bible says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call in his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those that seek the Lord rejoice. Wow. It says, Give thanks to God. Call on God. Proclaim the goodness of God. The appropriate response to the goodness of God in your life is singing praises to him and telling others about him. See what it said there? Give thanks to call Make known among the nations. So from our praise bubbles over, amen? And people say, what's wrong with them? What's, what are they praising about? Well, what's different about them? 
they, they have an encounter with God. They know the true and living God. You can study Psalm 105, and it gives you three, three goals of pure praise. Three goals of proper singing unto the Lord. Number one, obviously praise magnifies God. It makes God big. It exalts God. It honors God. It lifts God up. It extols God. We give thanks. We call on his name. We sing praise. We tell of his wonderful acts. It magnifies God. Number one, our praise should exalt the Lord. Amen? Our services in general should exalt the Lord and edify the people and speak to a lost world. But number one, exalt the Lord. But secondly here, and the praise encourages us because we're singing about our God. We're singing about what he's done for us. Amen? And that's why you hit a certain line, some of those, those um, beautiful hymns or beautiful choruses, and all it just moves your heart. Ain't right? Sometimes a new song will come, and I, I can tell people kind of mumbling through it. When you learn something, you're mumbling through it. And then sometimes there's just a powerful line, a place explodes. Because it just spoke about the greatness of Calvary or the goodness of the mercy of God. And everyone's relating to that. And everyone, wow, yes, yes. And that's why some, um, some of the old-timers, I'm an old-timer now, we grew up in this thing. We sing greatest thy faithfulness. Isn't that right? Oh, my Lord, look out. The tears are coming. The shout is roaring. Because God's been good. Isn't that right? From the time we can remember, God's been faithful. Yeah, summer, winter, springtime, and harvest. My Lord, there hasn't been a season in life God hadn't been good. There hasn't been a season in my life that Jesus hadn't been faithful. Many a season I wasn't faithful, but he was faithful. Many a times I wasn't good, but man, he was always good. Woo! Isn't that right? So when we praise, it magnifies God, and he's certainly worthy of it, deserving of it. Amen? But it also really does, encourages us. Because we're singing about our Heavenly Father. We're singing about our living Savior. We're rejoicing over what he's done for us. We sing about that blood. My Lord, that blood forgave me. I'm not going to hell because the blood washed me. And then it goes on, not only magnifying God and encouraging us, it's testifying to the world. Make known among the nations. The good deeds of God. That's why the best thing the world can do, uh, the, the church can do, is be different from that world. You try to imitate that world, they already got that. But when we get full of God, when the presence of God moves, people see something different. People recognize there's something supernatural. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Last verse, and then we quit. What's my last verse? And we, well, I don't even got any notes on it, so I can promise you we quit. Here we go. Psalm 81, verse 1. But let's remember, what did James say? Number one, he said, listen, if you got troubles, you should pray. So God says, individuals, we should develop a prayer life, and we have problems. First thing is, I'm going to pray. Nothing wrong with asking for someone to come into agreement. Nothing wrong with asking your prayer line to pray with you. But first of all, I'm going to pray and believe God. Amen. God, give me strength to go through this. God, move this mountain. God, give me wisdom to navigate through this storm. Whatever. I'm going to pray. But then he says, if you're happy, sing songs of praise. The Bible says, if you're happy, if God's been good to you, sing. God says, sing. Amen. We didn't, this is not A.G. doctrine. This is Bible. Sing. And you follow the Holy Ghost? What one of the signs you're going to sing. Isn't that true? 
I mean, if, if that spirit is in your heart, it wants to express itself through your life and praise and worship God. We're going to praise him. We're going to sing songs. Amen? We're going to give him all praise. Here it is. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. I like that, the God of Jacob. I like the God of Jacob. That's the God of the knucklehead. I like the God of Jacob. God of Jacob. Amen. Not the God of Israel. God of Jacob. The God of the conniver. The God of the deceiver. The God that, you know, I meant the God that, that wasn't perfect. Amen. I'm here. Glory to God. Amen. Begin the music. Strike the tambourine. Play the, the harp. The lyre. Sound that ram's horn. At the new moon. It speaks about at specific dates when we gather. It speaks about inspirationally as God moves on you. But the Bible says, Let, let's be a people that sing. Well, I want you to remember, singing unto God is biblical, not just a religious tradition, Pentecostal tradition. I want you to that singing, sincere singing, blesses God. That's awesome. It blesses God. The God has been so good to all of us has brought us through all these storms and stuff. We can bless him by praising him and honoring him. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of prayer and praise. We thank you that we can come boldly, we can draw near, and you'll draw near to us. We thank you that we can sing songs of praise and they bless your heart. They exalt you and they please you. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the privilege of praise. Help us, Lord, to mature in both of these arenas. Help us to mature to be men and women of faithful and devoted prayer. But help us to grow to be people that can sing in the good times and in the bad. Help us not to be afraid or ashamed to express our love through song. Help us not to quench ourselves with our natural insecurities or the fear of man. But Lord, you've done so much for us and you weren't ashamed of us. Help us to have a fresh freedom 